This episode of No Bad Food is brought to you in part by Whiskey Lane. Are you a producer of artisan food or drinks looking to get your name out there? Look no further. Whiskey Lane's team of social media, branding, and marketing experts is here to help. They'll take care of all that stuff for you so that you can focus on doing what you do best, making awesome products for your customers. Here at No Bad Food, we know that buying locally made products goes a long way toward making our world more sustainable, and that's why we're proud to be sponsored by Whiskey Lane. So, what are you waiting for? Grab your nearest artisan cheese or homebrewed IPA and run to whiskeylane.ca to find out more. And remember, that's whiskey the Canadian way. Without any. You understand. It just takes a little time. It takes a little time. It takes a little time with me. I hope you don't mind. We'll take it slow this time. Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni, and you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Now, it's been a chaotic couple of weeks in the Ajemi and Zalatni household as we had COVID, uh, starting off the new year on a great foot. Uh, I'm happy to say that we have all recovered and everyone is doing fine, but uh, it made things a little bit hectic for the past couple of weeks and made it really difficult for us to coordinate schedules, book any sort of guests for podcasts, record any podcasts, because I don't know if you know this, but uh, when you have a disease like covid it's uh, hard to talk for long periods of time you uh you spend a lot of time coughing and sniffling and uh having very low energy levels so uh because of that we haven't really had a chance to record a proper episode this week uh but have no fear i am not one to let a gap happen to my content schedule so i am here today to do a little q a episode using questions submitted by past guests of the show and we're going to get into that in just a minute. I think it'll be a lot of fun. But before we dig in, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. So let's get into it. My first question for this episode comes from Kendallin Aldridge. Kendallin is a longtime friend and fan of the show, one of our Patreon supporters, has been a guest a whole bunch of times, and most recently was a guest on episode 8 this past summer during our LGBBQ summer series, where we talked about queerness and barbecue. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, please do. It was a lot of fun. Here's Kendallin's question now. What is a food that you absolutely avoid making and why? This is a really interesting question because I am not someone who like absolutely avoids making certain foods, but there's definitely things that I like don't seek out 
as well, you know, for, for various reasons, usually because there are things that I'm just not huge on eating or there are things that I'm like not confident cooking. Uh, so I think the thing that I like most frequently or like most intentionally avoid, I guess, is fish. Um, I really love eating fish, but I don't really cook it ever. And I think there's kind of two reasons for that. Like partly I just didn't grow up eating a lot of it. So I didn't grow up with the smell of cooked fish in my house that often. And like, look, the lingering fish smell is a little hard to get over. <laughs> um, so if you didn't grow up with it, it's it's like not the most comfortable thing to make your house smell like. Right. Uh, and so like for me, that's that's a part of it is just the, the lingering fish smell is hard for me to get over. Um, but it's also a comfort thing in terms of like my ability to cook a thing, because like I don't know. Fish is not something I know how to cook in ways that are like very, very good. And like, I'm not confident in my own ability to cook fish enough that I'm willing to risk the fish smell, you know, because like if something smells good, but you don't cook it properly, at least your house smells good. But like fish doesn't smell good. It tastes good, but it doesn't smell good. And so like if I'm going to make fish, and make my house smell bad, I want to be sure that the fish is going to be delicious after, and I'm just not confident in my ability to do that. Like, I'm not sure that I'm going to cook the fish well enough to be worth making the house smell bad. So, like, I'll order fish. If I go to a restaurant and they do good fish, like, I'm always going to order it because I love eating it, but I just don't trust myself to do a good job cooking it, so I don't cook it. That said, like, I can't say that I would absolutely avoid it because, like, I don't think there's anything that I would go to great lengths to avoid cooking. Like if someone brought me fish and was like, hey, I have extra fish from the market, have some fish to cook. I wouldn't like turn it down. I wouldn't, you know, <laughs> I don't know what circumstance I would be in where somebody is just randomly bringing me fish. But yeah, like I wouldn't, you know, be upset about it, but I, I don't seek it out either. You know, it's not it's not something that I actively try to make. Maybe that can be a challenge for myself this year is to cook fish a little bit more often and become confident in it because I, I would like to be able to cook fish a little bit more you know like I I like eating it so I should want to cook it I just have to get over that mental hurdle of like what if I do a bad job and I waste money and also make the house smell bad but I, I think I need to maybe just start simple and get some like easy to cook fish I don't know we'll see all right, our next question comes from Giovanni Colantonio. Giovanni is our food crimes correspondent here on the show, uh, and most recently was a guest on episode 31 where we talked about meatballs. Here's Giovanni's question now. What's your favorite kind of bread? All right, let's talk about bread. I have always loved bread. <laughs> I've always been someone who loves bread in, in various ways. You know, I love a sandwich. I love toast. I love crusty bread, you know, whether it's with soup or just with butter and hors d'oeuvres and whatnot. I, I'm a big bread person. Um, and in my adult life, I've grown to love a really busy bread. Uh, I like bread that has a lot of texture, a lot of elements. You know, you'll get those like whole grain or like ancient grains breads where there's like large chunks of of seeds and oats and stuff mixed in uh that kind of bread is is i think maybe my favorite um i like it when it has that texture and that flavor um but if we're being loose with our definition of bread <laughs> um, and we're willing to extend it to things like bagels uh then i would say that my favorite bread is a poppy seed bagel i don't know what it is about poppy seeds but like i have 
for a very long time loved them a lot more than I like sesame seeds, uh, which is not to say I don't like sesame seeds on a bagel. Like that's a classic. But if I have to choose between the two, I will often pick a poppy seed over a sesame. Um, I, I, I don't know what it is about that because like they are a little bit messier and smaller and harder to clean up. They like get stuck in your teeth a lot easier. Uh, but I don't know what it is, but I just love poppy seeds. It, I do know that they're big in Hungarian cuisine, so maybe I'm just genetically predisposed to like them. But like, yeah, poppy seed bagel, kind of my jam. Uh, I, I love a busy bread. I love a busy bread product, especially a busy bagel. All right, before we get to the next question, we're going to take a quick little trip over to the mid-roll. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of January, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need. So by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of the show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to a family in need. There's literally no other way that you can turn zero into six. So if that math is exciting for you, go do it. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description below. If you haven't already made your nominations for this year's Munch Madness tournament, hit the link in the description and go do that. It takes less than two minutes to fill out the form, and we don't ask you for any personal information as part of it. All you have to do is choose up to three foods out of a list of 20 that we covered in our 2021 season that you think would be good to have as part of the tournament, and then tell us one food by writing it in that you would be excited to see in this year's tournament it it is very quick it is very simple you're basically nominating four foods and uh it takes no time at all so please go do it we've already gotten a lot of votes and nominations but uh you've still got about two weeks left before we close the nomination form so make sure your voice is heard be part of democracy this is not the most important election you will be part of in your life by any stretch of the imagination, but it might be the most important food-related election that you are ever part of, at the very least in the year 2022. Last but certainly not least, if you haven't had a chance yet to listen to last week's episode where I talked to my friend Katie Warren about soup and sandwich combos, go cue that up to listen to when you finish up with this one. Katie is an absolute delight, and we had a very good time with it. All right, that's enough for me. Let's get back to our next question. Our next question comes from longtime friend of the show, Julian McKenzie, who's also Toby's godfather, who most recently joined me for a chat about hot sauce on episode 35. Here's Julian's question now. So imagine you're a coach of a sports team. You win a championship game. And typically what happens in a championship game, uh, whoever's on the sideline, they take a giant cooler and they dump water or Gatorade on you. Uh, except this time, they don't have either. What do you choose uh, to have dunked on you? What food, uh, or I guess, uh, yeah, like what What do you choose to have dunked on you? I guess it could be just anything that's not water or Gatorade. You can't say Powerade or Lucasade or anything like that either. You have to say something that is different from those two. Okay, this is an evil and brilliant question. I love it. Uh, the whole thing where coaches get stuff dumped on them after games is very fun to look at but I've always thought it seemed like a really unpleasant thing to be part of like I'm not someone who likes to get stuff thrown at me under any circumstances ever uh so I don't I don't know off the top of my head what I would want for this so I'm gonna think it through all right um I think that the trick here is that you don't want something that's gonna be sticky because that's gonna be really unpleasant you don't want something thick because like 
Ugh, then you've got something thick on your body. You don't want something acidic because that's going to like burn your eyes, right? So like you don't want it to be, you don't want it to feel bad on your skin. You don't want it to be hard to wash out of your clothes. You don't want it to burn your eyes. Uh, I thinking about this even a little bit, I don't know why, but my instinct is to go toward olive oil. <laughs> um, and like, maybe that's just like a practical answer where like, I don't know, olive oil is good for your skin and and your hair right so if you pour it all over your body like nothing is going to feel good to have poured all over your body like there's just no there's no option that's going to feel great but i feel like oil that's going to be good for your skin at least when you're like uh this is not pleasant like at least when you're having that bad feeling of like having it poured on you you know in the back of your head that like your skin's going to be really nice for a couple of days afterward um but i guess also you're flammable right because oil burns really easily so like maybe that's not ideal i don't know my actual top choice is to not have anything dumped on me ever for any reason at all uh but you know playing in the universe you've set up here where i'm a sports team captain and have to have something dumped on me yeah i guess i guess olive oil um can it be a solid instead of a liquid if it can be a solid i don't know why my brain goes straight to kalamata olives i feel like maybe rice would be better right like if you get like an entire like several gallons of rice dumped on you like it might hurt more than a liquid but like there's no mess on you to clean up afterward i mean i guess you'd be picking rice out of your clothes for a little while but like that seems pretty easy to deal with maybe i'll go with rice can i just get rice dumped on me rice or olive oil not both definitely not both you imagine oily rice all over you Ugh. oh i don't like that all right thanks julian Thanks for that. Uh, our last question for this Q&A episode comes from Kenny Struley. Kenny is an old friend of mine from theater school who joined me on episode 11 to talk about his life growing up on a dairy farm and his struggles with kidney stones. Here's Kenny's question now. All right, Tom, my question for you is that if you could have only one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? And remember, you, that's the only meal you could have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. This is one of those hard questions where you know that no matter what you choose, eventually you're going to get tired of it. Um, like repetition is not fun, right? So you have to kind of think not not strictly about something you enjoy eating a lot, but I think you have to be practical with it and think about things that will be filling and nutritious. But you also kind of want to cheat a little bit and think about something where like there's variety built into it like you know you could say pizza right where it's like oh but i can have whatever toppings on my pizza every single time and i think pizza i would get tired of really fast and i know that because there was a period of my life from like 19 to 21 where i would eat like three or four domino's pizzas a week and i felt horrible most of the time no matter how much i switched it up so like i'm not gonna go with pizza but when i think about like you know a type of meal that has a little bit of variety built into it has multiple food groups and like is filling and theoretically nutritious and is definitely delicious. I go to a steakhouse dinner. You know, when you go to a steakhouse, you get like a big piece of meat, you get, you know, garlicky mashed potatoes, nice sauces, seasonal vegetables, maybe french fries maybe some like sauteed mushrooms on the side you get a variety of things on the plate that all together taste really good are filling give you some kind of nutritional value certainly and i think that the key here is most steakhouses will do seasonal vegetables as a side and that's the trick right because with seasonal stuff you have variety built in where it switches up every once in a while and i think that the trick with these like 
forced to eat the same meal for the rest of your life situations is that that's a thing that takes you out of reality a little bit, right? It takes you out of the like grounding of real life and makes you feel a little bit disconnected from the world. And so I think having a seasonal food element built into it gives you a little bit more of that humanity back where like, you know, yes, you're eating the same meal over and over again, but knowing that you're having vegetables that are in season, I don't know, it 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 connects you to the earth a little. Is that is that like a weird hippie thing to say? Maybe, but like that's where I'm at right now is like eating food that makes me feel connected to the earth would feel really nice. And so, yeah, a steakhouse dinner feels like it would be a really good way to like cheat that a little bit. All right, that's it for this week's Q&A episode. Thank you for all of your support listening to our show. We will be back with a normal episode next week. Uh, remember, you still have a couple weeks left to make your nominations for Munch Madness. So please, once again, hit the link in the description to go do that if you haven't already. Actually, if you have already, you can also make more nominations. Uh, we didn't lock it to one time per person. So like, feel free to nominate your thing over and over. Like, I'm not going to recommend you stuff the ballot box because that feels, you know, that doesn't really feel fun. But like, you can absolutely cast multiple votes. Like, if you have more than one write-in option that you would like to see exist, go ahead and do that. If you have a contender in the voting list that you would really like to see win, look, I'm not going to tell you that you should like fill out the form a hundred times and vote for them over and over again, but I'm not going to stop you. Like, if you want to do that, go ahead. It'll weigh on your conscience, not on mine. (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much for listening to No Bad Food. Do you want to be part of the conversation? Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at NoBadFoodPod, and you can hit me up individually at Tom Zalatni and Teffer at TefferBear. If you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, you can go to Patreon.com slash NoBadFoodPod to donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendall, and Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Chantal, and David. Patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. If that's exciting for you, you can head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod to make it happen. We also have merch, and you can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at TeePublic. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. I'll reiterate that for every new rating and review we get during the month of January, we're donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in our neighborhood of NDG. So, uh, you know, help us out with a review. We'll help some people out with some food. Bada bing, bada boom, everybody wins. You win because you get to feel good about yourself. We win because it helps our reviews. And the depot wins because they get a little extra money. Our theme music is by Zach Ingalls, and our cover art is by David Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode as well. And last but certainly not least, this show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. See you next week. You understand. It just takes a little time. It takes Hello, 
my name is Stefan, and I am the host of a show called Some Good Friends, and it's a podcast, and it will make you laugh, and we talk to some of my good friends, and they're crazy and hilarious and wacky, and you're going to love them just as much as I do. Currently, while I'm recording this, I forgot to mute all my other takes, so I'm hearing myself say different words in my ears. The show comes out every Monday, weekly. On behalf of the Canadian people, welcome to the Game Great Podcast. Gay and Gray Montreal is a new social group for English-speaking gay elders from the 2S LGBTQIA plus communities. So it's a good way to at least connect with people. Members share their experiences, memories, and opinions on our podcast. Welcome to our community. I hope you feel well. I hope you feel accepted. And I hope that you can share anything that you want. This is some of my story. And I hope you enjoy it. Oh, I have a great story. <laughs>